Tuesday, October 29th. I'm Martine Powers. This is an impeachment inquiry update from Post Reports. Um, where are we right now? We are in a subterranean studio. Actually, we're basically right now at this moment about probably 40 feet above where Alexander Vindman is testifying right now to the House Intelligence Committee and two other House committees. I'm Mike DeBonis. I'm a congressional reporter for The Washington Post, and I'm covering impeachment. I caught up with Mike in the Capitol on a day when there was a lot happening. At the same time that this administration official was giving critical testimony to Congress, House Democrats were also getting ready for an important vote scheduled for Thursday. So we don't know exactly what the House will be voting on, but we know that it will be a vote to in some way formalize the impeachment inquiry and create procedures for the next phase of the investigation, which we think is going to be heavier on public hearings, public testimony, and then, you know, going into the actual drafting of articles of impeachment. That's what they're billing this as, and we'll we'll find out once we see the text what exactly it does. And even though you haven't seen the text yet, is the expectation that this is something that basically says we believe at least preliminarily that the president did something wrong? Or is it just saying we believe that it's important to keep asking questions? I think it's a little bit of both. I think that there's going to be a re- recapitulation of everything that has happened so far. The fact that you've had multiple witnesses come in and corroborate the original whistleblower narrative that sparked this whole inquiry. But it's also going to say we need more. We need to establish procedures to not only find more facts, but to present them to the American people and lay the groundwork for a potential impeachment. And why is this happening now? Well, a couple of reasons. I think, number one, the House is going to break for a week's recess after this week. So I think part of this is messaging and kind of giving some momentum into a, a period where, they're, you know, members are not going to be here in the Capitol. I think it also is meant to respond to some of the Republican criticism that's only increased. Uh, the level of unfairness for a perfect conversation with the president that they're, you know, the president doesn't have due process. That the process you're engaging in regarding the attempted impeachment is out of bounds. This is being handled irregularly compared to past impeachments. It's inconsistent with due process as we know it. It's a star chamber. And I think that there's some political imperatives. You know, House Democrats met this morning at the DNC and talked about some some research. They'd done some focus groups where they really detected a lot of anxiety among Americans that they don't want this to be a rush to judgment. They want there to be a real fact-finding process. They want a case to be made, a very clear and convincing case for the president's impeachment and potential removal. And I think that that's also weighing on the decision-making right now. Well, because we saw last week... Republicans basically storming one of the hearing rooms, arguing that that hearing should have been made public. So do you think that this vote will adequately address those concerns from Republicans and those very public complaints that this process so far has been too behind the closed doors, that there hasn't been enough of a public hearing of the allegations that are being made against the president? Make no mistake, Republicans are are not going to stop complaining about this process. They're going to keep complaining. 
But I think that this at least gives members some ammunition when they're, they go back to their districts next week to say, listen, we heard the complaints. Here's what we're doing about it. We're giving President Trump the same due process protections that President Nixon and President Clinton had. And they're going to be able to make the case to people who are on the fence that you know, these are not good faith arguments that Republicans are making. They're more interested in clouding this investigation and obstructing this investigation than they are in actually getting to the truth. And that's the case that Democrats want to make to the American people. And I think that they see this as one one way to help do that. If this vote is going to represent the beginning of a more public stage of the impeachment inquiry, does that mean that all the people that have already shown up on the Hill and have already testified in the basement of the Capitol just to a room full of lawmakers, that they're going to have to come back and do it over again on TV? For some of them, I think that may in fact be the case. I've heard a lot of members on the on the committees and just generally say that they want to hear from Ambassador Bill Taylor, who is the top diplomat in Kiev right now. But there's also witnesses that nobody's heard from yet that I think are definite candidates for public testimony. I think foremost among them is John Bolton, the former national security advisor. But it very much remains in doubt whether he's going to be in a position to testify anytime soon. What does this vote mean for the White House and how are they responding to this? The White House basically came came out with a statement last night. Uh, Stephanie Grisham, the press secretary, said, to paraphrase her, said, you know, Democrats are a day late and a dollar short. You know, if, if they were serious about this, this vote would have happened weeks ago. And Republicans generally are talking about this as a sort of process that's been tainted from the beginning and now cannot be sanctified with just a vote of, you know, at this point. So, you know, there's no really no sign that Republicans are going to you know, change their views based on this vote this week. Now, tell me about this testimony that's happening 40 feet below us right now. I did not bring a tape measure, so I'm not exact. But 40, yeah, we're two, it's two floors below us in a very secure underground facility. People aren't allowed to bring cell phones in there. Right. You have to check your cell phones at the door. It's just a very solemn place for, for this to be happening. So who is Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, and why is this testimony so important? Colonel Vindman is currently a director at the uh, National Security Council. He's part of the president's extended national security staff. He's the official in charge of European affairs, basically, you know, has Ukraine in his portfolio as, as well as Russia, among other things. He's also a, a decorated veteran, earned a Purple Heart in Iraq. This is the first person that the investigating committees have talked to who is actually on the July 25th phone call between President Trump and President Zelensky of Ukraine. Last night, ahead of his testimony, his lawyer released his opening statement. He said he he's not the whistleblower. He's not comfortable speculating on who the whistleblower is. And then he just went on to describe his perception of what was happening inside the White House, inside the Trump administration with regard to Ukraine policy. And he talks quite specifically about the July 25th phone call between Trump and Zelensky and his, frankly, horrified reaction to it and his sense that the notion of asking President Zelensky to intervene in a partisan way in the election would be harmful to not only the U.S.-Ukraine relationship, it would be harmful to Ukraine in that it had the, the potential to politicize that relationship in the U.S. and potentially harm in the future the willingness of both parties to support Ukraine against the, their Russian threat. Will this potentially be a testimony that's kind of a game changer? We've had a lot of game changers. I am being sparse in my sort of 
predictions of what what is going to be a game changer and what isn't because I feel like perspective can get warped from day to day. But this is definitely a milestone in that you do have direct testimony from somebody who's on the call describing their reaction in real time. You, you cannot dismiss this as hearsay. It's not hearsay. This is someone who actually participated. This is a, a major puzzle piece as Democrats try to really fill out this narrative that the whistleblower presented, that the president was engaged in extracting favors from Ukraine for his own political benefit and was potentially holding back foreign aid in order to do it. Mike, thank you so much. My pleasure. Mike DeBonis is a congressional reporter for The Post. And where are we, Martin? So right now we are in the basement of the Capitol and we are outside of a room where a lot of reporters, videographers, photographers are waiting because right now Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vinman is testifying to members of the House. It feels like the, the calm before the storm. It seems like it's kind of become a routine for folks here that every day there is a official from the administration who shows up, who gives testimony about things related to the president. A lot of people hang out outside the room. Afterward, they ask a lot of questions about what happened. But I think this is sort of the state of things in the Capitol right now. On Tuesday afternoon, House Democrats released their proposed resolution. It lays out the rules and procedures for the next stage of the impeachment inquiry. Under the resolution, the House Intelligence Committee will be able to hold public hearings and release the transcripts of depositions, bringing this process out into the open. That's it for this segment of Post Reports. Full episodes of our show come out every weekday afternoon. You can subscribe at postreports.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Martine Powers. Thanks for listening.